When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's driven to center field. The other crew's got turned around. Now looks up, and that ball is out of here. Francisco Lindor into the black, a three-run homer. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It's episode 126. It is Thursday, January 26th. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly. We are winding down towards the countdown to spring training. Joining me is Jerry Blevins. And Jerry, we have a very fun episode today. <laughs> it is fun. This is a fun breakdown. We decided to do our top 10 players ranked in the National League East. Mm. That's very important. And it was way harder than anticipated. I knew it was going to be difficult. <laughs> the ranking process was hard. I dove into a lot of things. There's, you know, we'll we'll dive into it. We're going to do it in uh, in sections. So we'll each yeah. do our top five and then we'll each do six through ten and we'll break it down. There is deep discussions. I changed my list probably five times yesterday and last <laughs> night. And then I did it like I moved two people again this morning and I'm still a little bit shaken on where where things are going to end up. I'm looking at my list right now and I like it, but I feel like when I hear you start talking and explaining your list, some changes might be made. I, I, I get swayed easily. I'm the first. Uh, I'm with it. you, man. I'm open. Like I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I don't know everything. So yeah, right. Of course. I'm always open for discussion. This is fun. Um, yeah, man. You want to get into it? I think so. Um, I just want to preface everything by uh, saying, guys, if you've enjoyed the uh, off-season content from Shea Station, uh, we're really excited to bring back PPPs very soon come March. Doing those again, 25 episodes in 25 days covering all your players. Uh, if you don't want to miss that, make sure you subscribe to the Shea Station channel. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We rarely ask because we don't want to you know, throw that at the beginning of the podcast, but we'd really appreciate it uh, as we're gearing up towards the season. Yeah. Jerry, I thought we, we, we should start with the guys – that did not make the cut because I had some, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be revealing. You think it would be revealing. I think, I think it's a good idea to put them here because I I want them to get their due because they're great players, but the NL East is such a stacked division. Okay. A lot of these guys didn't make How many names do you want to go deep? I'm going to, I'm going to shout out three names because these were guys that were really in contention for my number 10 spot. And they just, did not crack it. All right. All right. Cool. So the first one for me, first one for me is who I consider the second best first baseman in the division. Matt Olson is not on my top 10, uh, kind of a down year last year. I expect him to be better this year. Uh, really good pickup, really good contract with the Braves dude can slug plays a great first base. Uh, he just missed my top 10 though. I like that Matt Olson had a down year, which he did. And I think he hit 38 home runs, which is crazy. 34. He hit 34 homers. Still a he nuts did have number. a down year. Who's the guy Offense. that missed your list? Okay. Uh, number one on my didn't make it list is Sean Murphy. Mm. 
He is a new addition to the Atlanta Braves coming over from Oakland. Like it seems like they always do. Um, and this is, uh, this is a, uh, he's out because I feel like his star is rising, right? But he's got to learn a brand new pitching staff. He's a defense guy. He, to me, he's like JT rail Muto with way more pop mm. and less bat to ball skills. Because he's great defensively, hard nosed, right. and catcher is going to be a premium this year, I think, with all of the the changes in the rules. Um, but learning a new pitching staff, learning a new league, facing brand new pitchers, the NL East is a gauntlet of starting pitching and relief pitching. So that was the first guy off my list. I I really love everything you said there. I do think he's got that defensive edge maybe over JT, but JT. Um, who we'll talk about later, I'm sure, in both of our lists, uh, kind of has that power speed threat, has been doing it for years, has been with the Phillies, just went to the World Series. So makes sense there. So um, I, I honestly think that that Sean Murphy has 40 homer potential. Whoa. I that's really crazy. do. He has some of the sickest natural pop that you'll see. His BP is unbelievable. Uh, he hasn't thrown it all together. But at the same time, he's still an amazing defensive catcher. You want a gold glove in 21, mm. like wild. And also, he had zero protection in that Oakland lineup. That's what I was going to say. One, he played for a you know poor Oakland team that really had nothing going for them in that lineup besides like, he was legitimately Brown. circled and everybody's pregame, you know, pre-series meetings when the pitchers are going through it saying this guy is not going to beat us. And he also, still had a very good year. Kind of hurt me because we met Sean Murphy. Extremely nice guy and A's kid. We great met guy. Him so nice. One of like the first players I got to interact with. Super friendly. So it yeah. was it hurt me so that now you're gonna have to root against him. him. I know. I, I've I've thought a lot about that and it, it hurts me. <laughs> um and now this is a guy that I also think might be on your list. He did not make mine because I just had to factor in, you know, defense speed, all that. Um the 46 home runs from last year that led the National League, Kyle Schwarber is not in my top ten. He did not. He's not in mine either. And I respect it. He's not in mine either. It's tough. Um, It's defense. And he was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this list was hard. And I assumed when I was writing it that he would be in it. He's not in my list either. I know. I had him penciled in, but he did not make it. So my number two that didn't make it is this one's pretty much just track record. There's not enough evidence. And that's Mm. Michael Harris. That's the second. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I think he is a superstar in the making. I mean, his year last year, he's playing a premium defensive position and he tore the league up. Um, But I've seen a lot of guys come in their first year, do great. And then kind of, you know, fade away. So this is strictly um, if he does it again, he's probably got a chance to crack the top five if he continues to rise. Um, but he didn't make my list. We were tough on the Braves, Jerry. That's what it sounded like. Sounded like we were tough on the Braves. Uh, yeah, Michael Harris, great player. Um, I mean, he only has that one year in the league, came up from double A, but one rookie of the year, uh, has the pop, played great center field, stole 20 bases. That's a, t- that's a tough one to have at number 11, but I, I understand it for sure. Um, and I think I think with that we can kind of dive in if if you feel like you're ready. Uh yeah, let's do it. Let's get in there. All right. Do you want to give your 10 through 6 first or should I go first? You want to go backwards? Well, I don't want to start at the top. I feel like we should okay, save number cool. one for that. That's end. great. I'll do I'll do 10 through 6. I'll start. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. 
<laughs> it's it's <laughs> controversial, controversial right off the top for oh, me. Boy. Oh boy! At number ten is Jeff McNeil for me. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is this is this was hard, and I I when I first just wrote the list down. I was thinking he was probably going to be five or six, mm, um, mm. but it got deeper and I almost bumped him out a really? few times. Um, it, it's wild. Uh, he could be higher. He could be lower. The The lack of power production is a big miss in this, but his bat to ball skills mm, are great. Mm. I was thinking more towards the future of, I don't know how much that skill is going to set him apart anymore because of the lack of shifts I think he's still a great right. hitter, but I think the the inability for the defensive teams to shift on other players are going to kind of close that gap. And I don't think his defensive versatility is going to be quite as utilized anymore because mm. I think he's mm. probably just going to play second base, right? Um, which is great. But for me, it was really hard. The, the Major League Baseball batting champion from last year is number 10 in his own division and i feel terrible about it i mean listen i think your your reasoning is incredibly valid i think people really it hasn't registered at least with me as a fan that like baseball is going to look a lot different next year like the shift is gone all that and like those are some things that made jeff mcneil great and like the mets have plugged a lot of holes so jeff mcneil might not have to play right field or left field he can just play second base um but yeah 326 hitter last year led mlb I'm glad he's on your list because if he got bumped off, I think, uh, you know, the pitchforks would have been out for you. I don't think I could have done it. I no. really don't think even if I believed it, I don't think I could have made that shift because the guy's just so good and he's so good defensively, too. Anyway, course, so that's number 10. Number nine is the guy that just missed the cut for you. His name is Matt Olson. OK, OK. Um, he is. So I always. I always think that first basemen defensively are completely underappreciated. I sure. think as of as a value, they don't know how to really quantify it. A guy that can just pick everything makes your entire infield defense that much better. He's a big, long, rangy guy, um, gold glove winner in the past. And again, with the shifts, I think they're they're going to have to cover these. So I think his defensive value will go up. Plus, he had a down year and hit 34 homers and and yep. and slugged uh, or had over 100 RBI. Uh, so for that, Matt Olson, I think, is going to bounce back a little bit. And I still think that his signing is going to be a big one that haunts Mets fans. But he is my number nine. Uh, underrated part of Matt Olson's game that, you know, part of me regretted not putting him on here. He played 162 games last year. He was on the field every single day for the Braves. Don't think he DH'd much in that span either. I mean, if you're not a big fan of strikeouts, Matt Olson might not be your guy. 170 Ks last year, but still 34 home runs was on the field every day. One of the better defensive first basemen in baseball is won two gold gloves. Like definitively, like the the race between him and Pete Alonso is so, so tight in my head because they're just so good at different things, but they both profile as elite first basemen. Uh, I think in my head, he was probably like number 11 on my list. So I'm glad he made your list. That's okay. So uh, <laughs> my number eight is the face of the franchise for me. And that is Brandon Nimmo. He okay, is number eight for me. <laughs> he is uh, a premier center fielder mm -hmm. he is an on-base machine. 
Uh, I think he's going to balance his power. The big thing for me in his style of game, the only thing that's really missing, and that I don't want him to try to do it because we've seen in the past is steal bases. Mm. He's so fast and his inability to do that, he, he makes up for it in triples, which he led the league last year in seven triples, I think. Um, but I think he's he's a great player. I think his ceiling is still in front of him. I still think he's got room to climb. Um, so he's he's my number eight. Love that spot for Nimmo. I mean, the the theme with Nimmo is just kind of, can he play the full season? You know, can he do it year in and year out? But we saw the defensive improvements in center field. Um, his OPS plus in his career was the same as he did last year. He just kind of achieved it in a different way, which I think gives Nimmo a whole different dimension to how good he can be. And uh, I think Nimmo's best years might still be in front of him. And I'm really glad that he's going to be a Met for the next eight years. So I love that pick. Me too. Love that guy. Uh, and then at number six is number seven. I can't. What's that? Number seven. Number seven. Oh, number seven. That's right. It is a battle, uh, mm. first baseman because at number seven is the polar bear himself, Mr. Pete Alonso. Okay. Now, okay. I didn't know where Pete go because he was in my top five to start, and then I started compiling, um, if he hits 50 homers, he climbs back up into that. Uh, but his average defense, I think, holds him back. That's why Matt Olson, I think, with his down year, offensively, I think, can pass. So this is a true race for, right. for first base in the NL East. But right now, Pete has the edge. I actually think the the lack of shifting might help Pete because he loves diving to second base side. So mm. he actually might have to cover that now instead of it being an error because the second baseman's standing right there. We'll see. But um, at only 40 home runs, you know what I mean? I think yeah. his, his lack of defensive value uh, and base running, whatever that may be, um, just holds him back. So he's he's at number seven for me. Yeah, and I mean, we, we're going to have to go over the minute details because that's how close the gap is between all of these guys in the top 10. And when it comes to Pete Alonso's defense, there are limitations there. I do think he's improved for sure from what we saw in like 2019. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 131 RBIs led MLB, 146 OPS plus, also played 160 games. So Pete Alonso definitely deserved to be up here for sure. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players. <laughs> and I, I, I so it's that was tough for me to see. Yeah, man. Totally. All right, at number six for me in the final of our, our first section. And this is a shocker for me because I can't believe he's at six. Mm. And then just understanding it, that is the third baseman for the Atlanta Braves, Mr. Austin Riley. Okay. Austin Riley is an absolute animal. Uh, I think he's going to win an MVP at some point. Um, he just signed one of those long-term deals uh, for the Atlanta Braves, he plays a very solid, not quite gold glove caliber, but could be on the verge because I've seen him work and he has, you know, Ron Washington over there helping him out, a gold glove caliber third base. I think third base is a premium position. Mm -hmm. uh, he also hit 38 home runs last year. <laughs> he slugged 528. He had an OPS plus of 142. So the fact that this man is not in the top five for me blew my mind because 
He is incredible. He had a six and a half war last year, and he's going to be 26 this season. <laughs> so this is a guy who's so good. I can't believe he's not in my top five. I love everything about Austin Riley's game, and he is my number six. I mean, I love that spot too. I mean, Riley, I feel like I don't I, I look at his baseball reference page and I get shocked because I see him kill the Mets. Obviously, he does that all the time. But yeah, 38 home runs last year and still improved at third base, you know, played 159 games. He's like their new Chipper Jones basically already in the making, of course, of course, because he is only freaking 26 years old going into the season. <laughs> you could easily make an argument for him to be in the top five, but I, I do like where you placed him. And uh, Jerry, how how you doing? You made it through your six through 10. Are you breathing okay? I'm breathing okay. Uh, okay. It felt hard. Like having McNeil at 10 hurt mm-hmm. me. I mean, this, uh, then Austin Riley finished sixth in MVP voting last year. <laughs> and he finished sixth in my National League East voting. Like that doesn't make sense. It's hard for me to, to understand. But I value things a little bit differently, I think. And I feel like some guys are going to have a bounce back. But I feel good. I feel strong. How do you think my my 10 went? My 10 to 6? I, I thought it went really well, especially because I, I think there's a lot of um, player overlap in terms of the group between our lists. I do have it ordered a little bit differently, but I think we're in a very similar headspace of who we think should be in the lower half and then the upper half, which, you know, we're always agreeing. So it makes perfect sense. All right. Let's let's hear your 10 through six. Well, Jerry, before I tell you all about that, well, you know, we're placing <laughs> bets today. We're placing bets today on who's going to be the best players in the NL East. And guys, you can place bets, too, at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the sponsor for uh, for today's episode thank you to them guys jerry's Bengals are deep in the nfl playoffs right now we are at the afc chip we're on the shout cusp. out joe burrow shout out joe burrow he's going back to the big game hopefully and jerry could be placing some bets right now new customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly at the DraftKings sportsbook take a take your shot at an even bigger nfl payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add in the same game parlay up to 100 percent and guys we have a code that you can use to do it use code shay bet five dollars on the conference championship games and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly only at the DraftKings sportsbook with code shay use their easy to use app download it today place some bets minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this very contentious episode of shay station yes thank you DraftKings. all right man here we go Let's do it. Oh, and if you have some gambling problems, go out there, search the internet. You can find uh, some gambling addiction issues. That's personal. Back to your list, my friend. Right in our details as well, if you need those resources. That's right. Beautiful. 10. All right. So this is the only guy that was different from your layout of your 10 through six, because I bumped out, as I mentioned before, Matt Olson. He's my number 11. Because my number 10 is Michael Harris the uh, second? My- Michael Harris the second, one rookie of the year, uh, instantly established himself as a premier center fielder in the game. Uh, I love this dude's upside. Maybe the only caveat to his game right now is the walk percentage down below five percent. Walked twenty one times, struck out one hundred and seven times. So that's an area of his game I think could improve. But I mean, he's a power speed threat. Nineteen home runs, twenty stolen bases, nearly at a twenty twenty in his first season. And he didn't even come up until May, I believe. Uh, He was the jolt that the Braves needed to go on an insane run to take out our Mets at the very end. 
Uh, and he's a huge piece of the Braves going forward. Already got his big Braves deal, uh, as they all do when you're really good over there. And Michael Harris is going to be good for a very long time. And as you mentioned before, with those young guys over there, he's going to be 22 next season. Michael Harris, uh, in my brain, deserved to be on this top 10. Can't argue against it. That's You, you said it beautifully. He just missed mine, so I get it. But here is where the overlap kind of begins. This this was a tough one for me because this was a guy that I, I think in my first iteration of my list, I had at number six. Um, Fangraph Steamer really loves him for next year. I really love him for next year. He just got the bag. Uh, he, he has improved in so many areas of his game. My number nine is going to be Brandon Nimmo. Uh, I thought he would be higher for sure, um, but there's just a ton of competition across the board. Um, I mean, you know, we talked about the track record before, but Steamer projects him to be the second most valuable player in the National League East next year, right behind uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who maybe we'll talk about later in both of our top fives. Who knows? But Brandon Nimmo, on-base machine, you guys are very familiar with his game. Introduced a lot of slugging to his game last year with 16 home runs, led the National League in triples. So much to love about Nimmo. Can he stay healthy? I do think he will. Uh, He's entering his age 30 season. And uh, I got my two top center fielders at 10 and 9 on my list. I think that's great, man. And a, a Nimmo deserving. And I think his, like you said, his he added some power. I think there's still room for power there. And I think he could balance that out with his amazing, like he had a down year as far as on-base percentage goes. Right. I think he can balance that out and really figure out who he is and, and climb right back into where you think he belongs and even higher. Absolutely. Um this the eight through six was, I think, the toughest part of my list. I don't know about you. I think it was, I think that I honestly the top was a little bit easier for me than eight through six. Uh okay. I'm I'm mulling the decision as I'm about to say it and you know get it published and now it's permanent. Because <laughs> it feels final, low. Final thoughts. Okay. It feels low because he's so good and he kills our team. But I am gonna put Austin Riley at number eight. Um, obviously I got a little bias towards my Mets and I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Um, Austin Riley, he's, he's been doing it for a couple of years now, 2021 and 2022 were really the breakout of Austin Riley, the, uh, the product that Braves fans thought they would see when he first came up in 19. Uh, he's becoming a seasoned MLB hitter, uh, as he goes for this third consistent year of production. You know, I, I, we still, the, the minute details is really where it comes down to. Uh, here for me because he's never had that OPS above 900 he still hasn't cracked that 40 home run season you know the defense has improved but that's always kind of been a limitation for him but at the same time you know two top seven top seven MVP finishes you know he played 160 and then 159 games back-to-back years steamer still likes him for next year as well and that's a potent Braves lineup with a bunch of valuable guys in there Austin Riley is going to be a problem for as long as that Braves contract lasts, which is going to be a very long time. And I think the gap between him and my next two players is so, so small. (laughs) So small. We, I mean, Austin Riley, silver slugger, seventh in MVP, sixth in MVP, 160 games, 159 games. Uh, His defense, I think you might be underappreciating how good he is defensively, but he is getting better. Mm. Um, I thought I had him low at six and you have him at eight. I hope he doesn't listen eight. and take this personally. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening to Shea Station, I'll be, I'll be kind of confused. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> We're okay. all teammates. He might just be chime, like That's true. You know, then. Maybe that's why you're rating him high. You, know, you guys are buddies. That makes sense. All right. Number seven. This is tough. 
Yeah, this is tough. All right. Number seven, I have who I believe to be the best or the second best pure hitter uh, in the National League East, and that's going to be Jeff McNeil. Uh, I factored in a lot of the things that you sort of factored in into rating him lower as a plus for Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil has arguably the best bat-to-ball skills in the division. Uh, He showed defensive prowess at three different positions in second and left field and right field. We've seen him play third pretty well as well. Jeff McNeil, you can kind of plug and play him wherever you want. And uh, regardless of what you do, he's going to hit and he's going to make plays. And that's exactly what he did last year. I'm a batting average guy, even though, you know, I'm kind of, you know, the analytical guy. I do love batting average and he won the batting title last year. I think he got away from just trying to slug, and I think that really helped out his game. But I still think it could be part of his game some point down the line. I think Jeff McNeil, his best years might still be in front of him. He's a guy I hope the Mets lock up. He hit nearly 40 doubles last year in addition to everything else he did. Uh, And I think, you know, defense is something I factored in a lot in terms of kind of separating the different tiers of this list. And uh, I think that's where Jeff McNeil got a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I think Jeff McNeil was number six on my initial list, and then mm. I started to dive into the numbers. So uh, I like him there. I think he fits. I think he's deserving. Um, and you could argue that he he could be higher. So I, I like Absolutely. it. And then number six, I went with my polar bear, Pete Alonzo. He cracks up here. Uh, I mean, I was talking about defense before, but at the same time, a guy that can hit you forty-five to fifty home runs in a season needs to be near the top five. I do think defense kind of kept him out of my top five for sure. Um, He's a guy that the war statistic doesn't love as much as the other guys, uh, but he brings it every day on the field, played 160 games last year. Uh, We love our RBIs. He had 131 last year, which was by far and away the most in MLB. Uh, 146 on his OPS plus. Uh, He was one of the most feared hitters in the league as well. He walked uh, intentionally 16 times last year, which led the National League, a top eight MVP finish. Somehow he still hasn't won a silver slugger yet, which is bonkers to me. Uh, but Pete Alonzo, he's going to be probably the home run king for the Mets if he stays a Met for you know a decent bit of time here. And hopefully he's another guy that uh, the Mets are prioritizing, keeping around for the long term. Yeah, I mean, I can't fathom the Mets without Pete Alonso because right. they need him. They need that power production. He has been nothing but reliable. I think, I think his defense is very serviceable. It's not a negative, but it's right. not a plus. That is a guarantee. Like right. he, he doesn't, he's not a, you can't add to his value because of defense, but you definitely can't take away. He's not a Schwarber Castellanos style style. Exactly. But, um, I love the polar bear. Um, think he could be Mount Rushmore of New York Mets, you know, down the road. Hopefully they lock him up. Hopefully they do. And Jerry, we're down to it, man. We're down to it. So I think we'll, we'll go back and forth with each number here. Okay. That's cool with you. That's I cool. Get... I, I want you to go first since okay. I got to talk about all the players first and the 10 through six. Sure. Uh, because we had, basically the same same 10 through six which is you know which is a good sign that's a good that's a good sign so this is where (laughs) things get interesting Um, uh okay so whoever picks the guy first will be able to talk about it so I'll, i'll let you take the top five here okay so i said to you before we started recording that i think if there's one spot where we might have the exact same player it's gonna be number five because this guy is incredibly elite He is the best player in baseball at his position. His numbers don't 
pop the same way as the guys that I have above him. But in terms of where he plays and the value he brings at that position, he deserves to be a top five player in the NL East. My number five is JT Real Muto. Uh, He's a rare breed of a speedy catcher who's also going to hit you 20 home runs in a season. He guns down runners with ease. He is the most well-paid catcher, and for good reason, because I do believe he's the best catcher in baseball right now. And he was a huge reason why the Phillies were able to go on that miracle run uh, in the last playoffs uh, where they made it to the World Series. JT Realmuto is a guy that I wish we paid to be our catcher. We did not, and that's okay because we got some talented guys in the pipeline. But he is a force to be reckoned with, a 6.5 war player in 2022. Fangrass loves him for next year as well. Played in 139 games as a catcher, most of those games behind the plate. Uh, he is an integral part of that Phillies lineup that would be very hard to replace, and he's my number five. Uh, I love it, man. I I think JT Realmuto showed – like he might be the most underpaid guy in the game because I, you know, I I'm a big defense guy and JT Realmuto is the best, you know, defensive catcher. He also hit 22 bombs. You said he's a speedy guy. He yeah. stole 21 bases last year. Crazy. Crazy. That's top five. Nuts. That's, you know what I mean? And, and he does it every day. He's a leader on that team. It is a, uh, an absolute steal for the Phillies. Imagine if he were going to be a free, if he was a free agent this year, like he was, you know, at, at his age coming in. Oh my God. You know what I mean? He was, he was going, he was a 28 year old free agent catcher, like absolute wild. He's a, he's a three-time all-star. He's finished uh, two gold gloves, three silver sluggers. And he finished in the MVP voting twice. The guy is a stud, and so um, I love it. He is not my fifth. Oh, this wow. is where we have big departures, and I knew it was because you're like, we're going to nail number five. Okay, I thought so. All right. <laughs> so at uh, hold on, let me let me just pull this up real quick. Hold on, it's gonna be a dramatic reveal. Yeah, this is a crazy. at number five for me. Is a guy coming back to the NL East is Trey Turner. Whoa. A guy that just got a $300 million contract is at number five for me. Holy shit. And I said, I'm a big defensive guy and he Mm. made improvements as a shortstop, but he is not a great shortstop. Uh, um, He's an average shortstop. He makes very good plays, um, but I don't think he's elite. He could, he just looks really cool doing it, which is, you know, a plus he's big, tall, six, two, the guy is a speed guy, but he only stole 27 bases last year. Sure. JT Realmuto as a catcher stole 21. So to me, that is an overrated part of his game. I don't think he's going to continue to steal bases. He, he had 11 in 50 games last year, or I'm sorry, he had uh, not 11. He had 32 in 2021, and that's a big departure. Right. So if he gets back up into the 30s, I'm for it. Um, he's not a huge Homer guy cause he only hit 21 last year. Real Muto had more. Um, but I think his ceiling is obviously up because he is a superstar. He is a true legit superstar. Um, but the numbers just don't say he deserves to be anywhere above for me defensively as a shortstop. Uh, so he is my number five. Yeah, that is uh, not what I was expecting for sure. Um, I know but you know, be. 
you know, listen, like the everything, like we said before, the gaps in between are going to be really tight here. Uh, Trey Turner did, you know, regress a little bit in some areas of his game that are considered the focal points of his game. Uh, but I do believe uh, a big factor for me with having him above five, uh, I think Citizens Bank Park is going to be a dream ballpark for Trey Turner. I think he's going to produce more power than ever. I think, uh, you know, with the potent Phillies lineup surrounding him, he's going to be very, very well protected. And he was on the Dodgers for sure. That's another great lineup. Uh, but I think that in the immediate future, Trey Turner is going to be a very, very good player. Who knows how that contract ages because paying that guy, you know, for 11 years, a guy that thrives on speed could not fare well, but the Phillies are buying for now. So I understand where the move came from. I respect it though. Number five. I respect it. That's my number five. How are we feeling? Good. I think, uh, to be honest, I thought Austin Riley probably deserved to be above Trey Turner. Wow. So for me, like if okay. I if I were switching it, it's hard to, to tell a guy that just had $300 million gone his way that he doesn't deserve to be in the top five of his division. Right. But you got to do it. For me, he, he regressed in a lot of parts last year. He hit under 300 for the first time since 2019. Mm. Um, you know, he just didn't. I don't know. I, I love his game. I love watching him play. I think he's great. Uh, he's a handsome guy. That helps. That does help. Uh, but but this is a tough. This is a tough league, man. This is a tough list. So he he was my he was my number five. Do you want to reveal your number four, or do you want me to go? I think you you take this one now. Okay. All right. At number four for me was a tough one. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy could be number one going into next year's list. Any of these guys in the top five, in my opinion, could be number one. This one has a good chance because, you know, his name at number four for me is Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm, Okay. So he was injured. He he blew his knee out in 21, came back, wasn't the same guy that he he was before, but he still had 29 stolen bases on on a knee that was sore every day. He only hit 15 home runs last year, um, but he still is one of the best players in the league at going into his age 25 season. I watched him in 2019 at 21 years old, chase down 40-40. <laughs> he had 41 homers and 37 stolen bases. Like that is bonkers. Um the guy is elite superstar in this game. If he returns to being healthy, I think he has a chance to be number one. The big drawback for me is his defense. Right. And I think his ceiling defensively could be – he could win a gold glove defensively, I think, if he really put the work in. He might do that. He's below average in right field. He has right. an absolute cannon and he's fast, so I think he should be able to do it. And he might do it just by getting reps out there. Uh, but that's the one thing holding him back, that and his health uh, moving forward. And so Ronald Acuna is a, a star rising for me again. People forget about him uh, at number four. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me in 2019, 2020, 2021, I don't think there's any argument that he's not number one. I mean, the health has to be a concern because it's been a, a rough couple years getting him on the field. But at the same time, the upside of Ron Macuna Jr. is a 40-40 player with upside defense. We haven't seen all of that. You know, the defense has regressed. He's become a primary right fielder. But at the same time, like this dude is such a stud. He's only going to be 25 years old, even though he's been in the league for five years already. 
And believe it or not, Jerry, I mentioned before the podcast that I thought number five would be the same. It turns out number four would be the same because I also <laughs> have Ronald Acuna Jr. at my number four. Again, this guy could easily be number one. I think one through four, even five on my list could be considered interchangeable. Uh, I just need to see Ronnie play at least, you know, like 130, 140 games. Can he get back on the field, play every day, improve in right field and still maintain the power and speed that he's been known for throughout his entire career? Because if he does, he's an easy MVP front runner and the face of the Braves like he had been in the past. Uh, I just got to see it first. I think the the track record is the biggest thing for me, kind of sliding him down the list here. Track record, I think, might be a, a strong word. I mean, this guy in 20, 2018, the year he won Rookie of the Year, he played mm. in 111 games. Here is his OPS from 2018 through 2022. Mm. 917, 883, the year he went almost 40-40. 987, 990 and 21. He was on his way to MVP in uh, 82 games, so exactly – you know, half yeah. a season almost. He hit uh, 24 homers, had 52 RBI. He stole 17 bases in half a season, and then he blew his knee out. He was on his way. Uh, that was 990. And then last year he played in 119 games, but he was coming back off of a blown-out knee. So if this guy returns to that 2021 form, which was the best he's ever been mm. and, and rising, I think this guy is special. And if you've watched anything on Twitter lately, he's doing some things in winter ball. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have seen that clip. That's, that's something for sure. I mean, yeah, no, I, I think you put it really well. Cause track record, you can kind of spin two ways. Like Ron. Yeah. It's, it's health. If his knee is healthy, he's going right. to be uh, an electric player. And I think his defense will get better simply by being reps. I mean, he's only 25. He hasn't played a lot of a lot of baseball just because he hasn't been able to do it so crazy absolutely crazy yeah i mean i, I love that for us we finally we we nailed one together which was good and uh now we're at the uh the top three so for me i'm gonna jump into it number do three it, is jt real muto okay that's where so real muto is number three for me he was your number five I just think catcher is so valuable sure. and he is by far the best catcher in the game today. And it's not even close. And we saw as Mets fans and followers of the Mets, how tough it is when you have an absolute out in, in one spot in the lineup Our cat, we just couldn't fill it. We had the, the, the bright lights of, of Francisco Alvarez, the hopes and dreams of a guy that could be, this mm. you know he could be we hope at some point he approaches what jt real muto is he maybe have a better offensive years versus defense who knows but real muto is the best defensive catcher in the game he's also the best offensive catcher in the game yeah it's bonkers so i mean for me he is he is number one and the fact that he's at or number three the fact that he's with the the rules and the base running, all the the things that are changing, I think his defense is even going to play up this year. Dude, I mean, I, I love it because I think catcher we underrate all the time, and and I think on one of my original lists he was up there. I think at number three or number four, I had to slide him down, move him down slightly. But I mean, you can't you cannot underrate how good JT Realmuto is and how much that brings to a lineup because for so many teams, catcher 
is a black hole kind of. It's just a guy that can play the position adequately and give you a couple hits at certain times. Like we we love Tomas Nito. We're big Tomas Nito guys. We're really mm-hmm. happy when Nito got paid. Absolutely. But imagine this lineup if you plug in JT Real Muto. The entire oh, be unbelievable. Of he would changes. hit. He would. Yes, he would be the guy protecting Pete Alonso. He might even be above Pete Alonso. He might move Lindor down because exactly. he steals bags. He's a better base runner than a lot of guys. Like, who knows? But it is an absolute luxury to have that guy in your lineup. And he, without him in their in their catcher, the Phillies are lost, I think. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, like... You plug him into any team that's a fringe contender or a serious contender, and that gives them five to six extra wins and fills a position for years that every team would like to have JT Realmuto, uh, you know, in that position. So yeah. I love him at number three. I like that pick a lot. Okay. All right. This this was tough. This was tough. Okay. At number three, and I think if you asked me in, in 2021, he would have been number one. I think that defense is a big thing here. Injury is a big thing here. And this was tough because this is, in my opinion, other than Aaron Judge, the most feared hitter in the league. My number three is going to be Bryce Harper. It's tough for me because he's going to be coming back from, uh, I don't know if it's Tommy John surgery, but definitely fixing something with his throwing arm. We don't know what his defensive outlook will look like when he comes back and he's going to be missing part of this season. But at the same time, it's Bryce fucking Harper, dude. Like he's easily the best pure hitter in baseball, a mix of power. And he's still got that speed still uh, stole 11 bases last year. You know, he had an OPS above one dot in 2021, almost single-handedly brought the Phillies to the cusp of glory in the playoffs last year and did it with basically a non-functional right hand, which is incredible. Bryce Harper is a guy that you could even consider underpaid at this point on his contract, because when he's at his best, there might not be a better hitter in the league. I think he slides down my list a little bit here because of positional value, of a little bit of the injury history in the recent years. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so hard. Because saying Bryce Harper is the third best player in any list is going to raise some eyebrows for sure. Uh, but I mean, he his baseball savant bubbles are a treat to look at because they're all red, and he is just such a fantastic hitter to watch. It you know, as long as he's not playing the Mets, uh, he is going to be my number three. A very tough to say number three. Wow, Harper's yeah. your number three, two time MVP. Three. Uh, he is going into his age thirty season now. Mm. I get it. This was hard for me too because he's. I think the last I read a couple of days ago is he's going to miss half the year. Yeah, that's um, the biggest thing for me right he's now. He's gonna then he's gonna DH when he gets back, and he might be able to play right field at the end of the year. That we're talking best players. We're not saying most impactful for next right. season. We're saying right. best players. That's a tough spot to put Bryce Harper in because, like you said, he is an absolute terror at the dish. The guy's unbelievable, and I feel like this Phillies lineup makes him even more valuable because of where he sits. He has three years of over a thousand OPS, and we were just talking about guys with you know trying to touch that nine hundred number. This guy mm-hmm. is unbelievable, uh, and he's going to be healthy. Tommy John, as a position player, is not an easy rehab, but these guys bounce back just fine. Um, 
he's solid in the outfield. He's learned how to how to maintain himself uh, and, and keep himself healthy and able to play. Uh, he's played in since 2018. He played in 159, 157, 58 in the 2020 season, 141 games, and then his elbow, you know, uh, and then 99 games last year. Came back from that thumb again, yep. not his fault. He got you know hit in the thumb. Uh, this guy is one of the best players in the game. He went from the most overrated player in baseball to the most underrated player in baseball. He went from people hate him because he would smile around the bases to being (laughs) stoic. And, and I want to see more of that villain style of baseball and Bryce Harper. But the the truth is he puts his hard hat on and goes to work every day. Regular listeners to this podcast know how much I love Bryce Harper. So they're at no surprise that he's here, Um, but he's number three. And I, and I, I respect it. I love him as a player. And I think he's still got a hall of fame future and um, they're going to miss him in that lineup. Yeah. For the first half. So. I mean, it's, it's, it was tough because it's not his fault. It's exactly what you said. You know, he got hit on the thumb and, you know, he had that arm injury and these are kind of things that are, you could even consider freak injuries. Like the, uh, Bryce Harper is not an injury prone player, but in my brain, Bryce Harper catalogs as a DH. And I'm thinking, how high can I put a DH on my list? And in the end, it was number three. Don't hate it. All right. So you have Lindor. We both have Lindor left. Okay. And you have Trey Turner, and I have Bryce Harper. Right. So. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I am going to go at my number two. The guy we just talked about is Bryce Harper. Okay. So he is my number two, leaving Francisco Lindor as my number one. Uh, yeah, so I want you to do both. Reasons about Bryce Harper, defensive. He doesn't play a premium defensive position. This is why Francisco Lindor is my number one. Lindor, I feel like people undervalue what he did because – they still feel like 2021 is is a part of it mm. uh, because he had such a down year offensively. People are saying he's you know not worth the price, but the truth is that his deal actually didn't kick in until last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he was yeah. you know it didn't kick in, but he is five months younger than Trey Turner, who just got Crazy. paid, and you know that might be shocking to everybody. Um, the guy hit 270 last year. Uh, he slugged 449. It's down from his, you know, his great Cleveland years, but there's still room for him there. I think, I think he still can come back and be that 30 home run guy. He hit 26. He drove in 107 runs. He played in 161 games. He missed one game from a broken finger on his throwing hand, and I think that hurt him defensively more than yes. it did offensively, but it did hurt his power production for like a solid month at least. So his 26 homers could have been 30 easily. Um, I still think his best years might be ahead of him. He is an absolute gold glove caliber, should be for the for the future. The guy plays every day. He plays incredibly well. He will be even more valuable defensively because of the shifting and everything. A great leader on the field. Uh, He is my number one best player in the National League East, uh, and that's Francisco Lindor. I love it, Jerry. I love it. I mean, yeah, 
you know, we're talking about underrated players in the game. I think the spotlight went on Lindor early in that big deal. And I think last year he quietly put together one of the best seasons in baseball. I think, you know, if you, if you're looking for the poster boy of, we don't value defense enough, it's Francisco Lindor because the guy had 26 home runs. He had over a hundred RBIs, batted 270, finished top 10 in MVP voting and didn't even make the freaking all-star team, man. If you can believe that um, shortstop, in my opinion, is the hardest position maybe to play in any sport. You know, I mean, maybe besides quarterback, if we really want to get to the nitty gritty, um, but having a plus in every tool of the game at your shortstop position is something that I consider invaluable, which is why two shortstops landed in my top two. Uh, it was almost Bryce Harper up here, too, because he's that freaking good. <laughs> uh, my God. And the, it, it was tough. It was definitely tough because the 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 gap between Francisco Lindor and Trey Turner is extremely slight, which is why I loved the Trey Turner move for the Phillies, because how do we get an edge in this division? Well, let's, let's match what the Mets did and let's get an all-star shortstop of our own. In the end for me, uh, Francisco Lindor did land at number two for me. I do think that the upside for Francisco Lindor is there. And I do think that the Mets deal for Francisco Lindor will age better than the deal for uh, Phillies and Trey Turner in the immediate future in the right now, I do take Trey Turner as a better player. I think there it's just so slight because Francisco Lindor does have that defensive edge. He did break out and have a much better year last year than his 2021 season. Uh, but Trey Turner for a long time has been the best power speed threat in baseball. Rightly gets that big deal with the Phillies. I think he's going to rake at Citizens Bank Park, whereas City Field is kind of a tougher ballpark to hit in that Francisco Lindor is getting acclimated in. But still, you know, Trey Turner has put together one, two, three 2020 seasons in his career. Last year, he finished top 10 in MVP voting, won a silver slugger, made the all-star team. The strikeouts are a cause for concern for me, for sure. But at the same time, Turner played 160 games, improved defensively, uh, was one of the fastest guys in baseball. And I think that, you know, five years down the line, if you ask me again, I could scoff at this notion that I ever put Turner above Lindor. Um, but in my brain right now, I think it's just so like these, these, this could be the two best shortstops in baseball and they happen to play for the same division. Uh, so I'm glad that they ended up at my top two, but right now I have Trey Turner at number one. Wow. That's an upset for me. And I, I, I like it. These, again, these guys are, this is strictly, this is subjective. You know what I mean? And this is what, what is it about Trey Turner's game that puts him above Lindor? Like, give me, is it, is it the base running that edges him out? Um, I think so for me, it's, it's going to be, I'm looking at a little bit of upside because I do think Trey Turner has easy 30 home run potential playing for the Phillies next season. I think you're going to see a lot of his RBI totals go up with this potent Phillies lineup around him. I think he's playing for a fun ball club that he's going to fit into well. And I think that these next three years could easily be the best of Trey Turner's career. I think the speed is a huge thing for me because that's kind of a thing that Philly was missing with their lineup. They had pretty much every piece in place in terms of power and contact hitting. And now they have the best speedster in baseball. And in 2021, Trey Turner won the batting title, got the most hits of any major leaguer, hit 28 home runs, stole 32 bases, finished top five in MVP voting and did it playing for two different teams. Um, I think, you know, I didn't really factor in playoff hitting. And that's kind of the thing that a lot of people bring up when they talk about Trey Turner. He does go a little bit quiet in October for sure. But at the same time, 
I think Trey Turner's upside these next three years, the Phillies are going to get their their money's worth. We'll see 11 years down the line, but for these next three years, I think Trey Turner is probably going to be the best player in the National League East. That's a that's it's hard to argue against that. You're you're thinking upside, and I respect that a lot sure. because I mean it's no comparison who's been the better player up until this point. I mean, Lindor, you know, burst onto the scene and was one of the best players in the game right off the bat, like yeah. unsung in Cleveland, you know, middle America kind of thing. But that that's you know, this is what happens. Um Trey Turner's upside is, is pretty special, but the guy, you know, he he's got to me. He's got to steal thirty-five to forty bases, maybe maybe even forty-five to to do that defensively. Because I do think Lindor is that much better defensively. That's the mm-hmm. gap for me. Um, but if he hits 35, 30 plus homers, and Lindor hits 25 homers. Again, that's where it goes. Um, I think Lindor is a 30 homer guy this year. Okay. I think he was a 30 homer guy last year until he broke his finger. Um, Yeah. I I think Lindor, his defense was undervalued. Yeah. And I think, you know, Trey Turner might be better in the long run, you know, defensively again, his speed is so good. Um, But We'll see, man. I like that debate. We'll I like that we had one and one right there. Harper was there, yep. Real Muto and Acuna. But for you, Trey Turner uh, peaked at number one. And for me, I had him at number five, maybe sliding down. So I think yeah. that was our biggest, you know, our biggest mover and shaker. No, I, I love that our top five had the same players in it because I think that that breeds a good discussion. And I think that if you ask, you know, a fan who has all the numbers in front of them, the six through 10 and the one through five class of players are mostly going to be those five guys. I know we switched out Olsen and Michael Harris, the second, but the NL East is so stacked with talent. And like, there's so many, it, it just depends on what you value most as a fan. Do you value a guy that's going to play 162 and bring the best defense at the toughest position? If you do, it's probably Francisco Lindor. Do you want a guy that's going to give you 30, 30 potential and also play that many games? It's Trey Turner. Do you want the best pure hitter in baseball? It's Bryce Harper, you know, like there's so many different ways to go about it, which is why I was so excited and nervous to do this episode, because there's going to be plenty of disagreement. Plenty. This was fun, man. This, this was, was so fun. fun. I think our two biggest looking at our list side by side here, I think our two biggest differences were obviously Trey Turner yeah. and Jeff McNeil, because I yeah. had him at 10 and you have him at seven. Yeah. Um. Also, Austin yeah. Riley, I think, was eight and six, right? Yeah, those are that's close. You know, yeah. to me, Riley, I, I think if I had to remake this, I think Riley moves up to, to five and I move yeah. Trey Turner right for this second just to kind of also say that you're number one to distance myself <laughs> from that just to be, you know, a contrarian. But oh boy, I think we've got, we especially with our, you know, Edwin Diaz, in my first thought, I was like, Edwin Diaz is going to sneak in at number 10 for me Mm. um, because he's so valuable uh, when we're talking about like just pitchers or players. And you're like, all right, we're going to separate position players. If we did pitchers too, this would have been impossible. Impossible. What we got to, we do have a, we're going to do this for, for pitching coming up. I honestly think it might be easier than this. This was incredibly hard. I don't, I don't think it'll be easier. I think we'll have the same, like we'll do, I think we'll have the same um, guys, but I think uh, our, 
value will be different. I'm excited to do it. We'll probably do that <laughs> next week. This guys, was fun, man. This was I, fun. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and are not wielding pitchforks and torches right now. Coming. No, to let homes. us know. Engage with us. Let us know what you think. Uh, come at me. You know, <laughs> don't be afraid. The um, Ever since I, I said I, I'm not a fan of Field of Dreams and the, the, the vitriol that I got mm, in return, mm. I, I'm impervious to internet trolls. So come Good at word. me if you got me like that word for you yeah guys definitely leave us a comment down below uh letting us know what your list is what you agreed with what you disagreed with we uh we love to hear from you guys give us your list give us your list i want to see it too if you hate mine so much let me see it but uh yeah <laughs> this was fun i had a good time i i enjoyed it you know um if this will be fun like our ppps that we have coming up for you guys that don't know that is um player projection profiles and projections so we're gonna you know look at the the New York Mets and kind of break down what people are looking like their steamer projections and all the the fan graphs and everything and we're gonna see what we think they're gonna do moving into the future um mm-hmm. there's a one guy that I we both left off and both didn't mention that could easily jump back in he's old but Starling Marte yeah I know he was on my snub you talk about speed one. he's a very Trey Turner like player yeah uh but he's playing right field versus center field not premium and you talk uh, about he, a guy that when the Mets were missing him things fell apart that's Starling Marte people forget that when he wasn't around in September that's the first time in the season things went awry he's important yeah he's very important and I think he he's going to steal more bases again this year I think he's going to be able to pick his spots better. It started so bad for him stealing bases. He was like forcing it and he kept getting thrown out on perfect throws. Um, but Murphy and, and Real Muto being in the East are going to be tough, tough for him. To run on. Tough ah, exactly. To run on. But uh, yeah, I mean that to me, that was the one guy who, who else were in your honorable message just for, just for fun. I thought a Marlin would sneak uh, their way in, but I had jazz Chisholm and Lu, uh, Luis Arias right off my list as well. Those are my last yeah, two. Yeah, me snooks. too. Yeah. Uh, then Reese Hoskins, I think, deserves a, a mention because he really elevated yeah. his game last year. I, I do plays. think so. He's still a class below Olsen and Alonzo for me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But he's he's you know he's he's just underneath that. But he he had a good year. Definitely an honorable mention. But yeah, we could have done a top fifteen, but we would have been here for three hours. No, this sure. was great. Top ten made it fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll see you guys next week. We'll do our top 10 pitchers. Uh, Hopefully, you know, you guys enjoyed our list and enjoyed this episode. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.